Young and Indigenous podcast is an outlet for people to know about Indigenous knowledge, storytelling, and history. Through our youthful journeys as Indigenous people, through these stories, young people and elders share their experiences with us. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. We're about to tell some red stories. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yay, podcast! everybody welcome back to another episode of young and indigenous my name is roy and today i'm joined by Haley, wakikia amanda or bakut bond ellie sinisnet <laughs> meditation is a tool that can be used as a break amanda here is going to walk us through a guided meditation amanda do you want to give us your introduction yes Hello, how are you? My name is Bakat Ban, or Amanda Frank. Through my mother, I belong to the Caribou Clan. I was born in Fairbanks and raised between there and my home village of Minto, a lower Tanana Athabascan village in the heart of Alaska. Bakat Ban means her mother's foot, loosely translated in Benti Ganaga or lower Tanana Athabascan. Elders gave me that name because I was a mischief kid and I ran and walked everywhere on my tippy toes. I have carried that name with me always on the go, having lived all over Alaska and across the Pacific Northwest. I studied at South Puget Sound Community College and the Evergreen State College in Olympia and furthered my education at the Institute of American Indian Arts based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. One of my first jobs as an adult was with Chief Andrew Isaac Health Center in Fairbanks. After a few years working at Chief, I found a job in Bethel. So I basically moved across the state mm -hmm. really far. Mm -hmm. um, this is where I decided to go back to school uh, after a short time in Bethel. And I initially moved to Oregon. Um, but my time in Oregon was short there. Uh, I had been dating this guy in Bethel before I left. He died by suicide about an hour and a half after I broke up with him, and I'd been in Oregon for about two weeks. This time period was a huge blur. Uh, I went back to Alaska. I was really shaken by this. It happens really fast. Um, and it wasn't even the first time I had, like, lost a cousin just a month or two prior from drinking. So it was just, like, that whole time period... It's just a big blur for me. Yeah. And I remember breaking and wanting to search for answers. Why there were traumatized people around me? Mm -hmm. Why did my cousin drink himself to death? Why did I grow up in a home with someone who misused alcohol and drugs? So I saw all, si all kinds of death, abuse, murder, suicide. So it was just mm. totally normal. And that winter of 2009, I just really dove into searching for answers to deal with trauma. Mm -hmm. And so in the 
a lot of things have happened and I'm just kind of jumping through time right here just to give you an intro but um that's just sort of like the foundation of like where I come from yeah um since then I have studied and worked towards the central idea of reconciliation and healing um I completed an associate's degree a bachelor's degree a master's degree um I've had the good fortune to work in wellness and prevention programs, becoming a smart recovery facilitator, attending conferences on being trauma-informed, facilitating gathering of Native American trainings, and participating in a Beauty for Ashes conference. And the Beauty for Ashes conference was an intense week-long gathering for people to learn how to share their life story, heal from your life story, and then listen to others. I consider this really pivotal in my healing journey, but also as a storyteller. On that note of tra- like trauma can be anything, like these traumas are major traumas mm-hmm. that I have mentioned, like super major extreme traumas. But what I have really learned is that they don't need to be extreme for you to like practice these types of things. Mm-hmm. There's like traumas out there and griefs, like changing a job or moving or um, losing a friend or a friendship breaking up or um, even dating someone for like a week or two like those things can still like have effects on your nervous system Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so that was actually just a few things I wanted to get into so that was just like my background a lot of like being raised in a family that was very involved in their community by really prominent well-known leaders it just exposed me to a lot and I learned a lot Um, And then growing up in the village, growing up as a native, I got exposed to a lot of those things. Um, And it just set this sort of foundation where, like, if I'm going to move forward, if I'm going to heal, um, I want to make sure that I have um, paved a trail for those behind me so Mm. that it doesn't need to be as difficult going forward. Um, So, yeah, there's a few things that, like, brought me to meditating that I wanted to talk about before we dive into it. Um, And I'll just go through them quickly. But essentially, I think it has helped me meditate because I think one of the things is you feel like you need to be doing something or you're not doing it or you're lost in thought and then you Mm -hmm. think, screw it, I'm not good at this, so I'm not gonna do it. And so these little things sort of help me know what's going on. But there's a part of your brain and it's the first part of your brain that you develop in every human develops. And some people consider it the lizard part of your brain. Mm-hmm. This is the part of your brain that controls involuntary things like your heartbeat, your breathing, your blinking, things that you just can't actually control. Mm-hmm. The other thing that this part of your brain also does is um, it controls the cortisol levels in your body. Mm-hmm. And the cortisol levels are what like help you respond to um, traumatic events. And so when things are going on that are traumatizing or just stressful, that part of your brain kicks in and it starts like helping you survive or get through this experience. It could be a low level experience. It could be a high level traumatic experience, but that's the part of your brain that's kicking in. So when you go through traumatic experiences, it's helpful for me to know that so that when I meditate, I know like that there's another part of your brain that sort of just helps control when you need to differentiate between like that's not really happening and so i need to like settle my nervous system mm-hmm. meditation is one coping skill but the one that I, i'm finally getting to to tell you is the concept of um the house inside your head 
I picked this up from a therapist along the way. And um, really the only tip she gave me was just like, what's inside the house in your head? And so then I started meditating on this house in my head. And um, another aspect of just like healing and wellness, and I tie this into my meditation, is just understanding that um, in traditional indigenous practices i don't even want to say indigenous but traditional healing practices because there's um, various cultures across the world who recognize mm-hmm. the different energy centers in yeah. your body mm-hmm. um i took those various energy centers and um assigned them rooms in my house mm-hmm. and so um the the energy centers that i work with um also address um or correlate to different dimensions of wellness. And so my work in wellness and prevention and in tribal health, um, I would go out and uh, try to share this knowledge with people. And one of the things in wellness and prevention that many professionals follow is um, these dimensions of wellness, the eight dimensions of wellness, which are emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational and social um there's all sorts of thoughts on this there's there's indigenous thoughts on this that this isn't exactly it but for the purposes of today and just sort of my general my general approach i just taken it and i i just take this the general one and apply it to whatever else i know um so these dimensions of wellness show up in my house as um different rooms And I'll just run you through the rooms in my house just to share, to give you an idea, to help you start. But I really want you to know when I walk you through this, that this is going to be your, this is your head. This is your house. This is your rooms. Mm -hmm. But the the rooms that I have are my professional educational room, my room with ancestors, my room with my family and friends, um, a room to clear out bad energy, like a laundry room, you know, (laughs) Um, a bathing room. A sleep recovery restroom and then like a food or a kitchen um, and then sometimes when I'm really feeling like I need to clean out my energy I make I I envision myself um, cleaning off the energy even before I enter this house in what do you call that like a mud room or a, a, we call them arctic entryways up in Alaska but you know the, the, the rooms where you take off all your outdoor gear yeah. before you come in so that's the explanation of the house meditation um, I know I like just dumped a bunch of like concepts of like wellness and prevention and trauma, grief and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to do a quick overview of those things so you kind of understand what's yeah. going on. And then I'm going to walk us through the, the quick sort of like meditation. Um, but um, now let me start the timer real quick. Are we good on the recording and stuff? Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to participate in the... Um, if you participate in the meditation, um, I would ask that you find a chair. Well, I know we're gonna stand up. We're gonna stand up first, but um, oh, okay. yeah, I would ask that you find a chair and that you situate yourself in a way that you can sort of plant your feet on the floor. Yeah, you can use this little chair too if you feel bouncy or something. Okay. But the point of meditation, like you said, is it's a connection between your mind and your physical body. Mm-hmm. And that lizard brain part, sometimes it, when it gets into overdrive, it cuts that connection between your mind and body. And so that's why you end up doing 
weird things in survival or screaming or whatever else. Um, but I just wanted to take us and get us inside our body real quick. So we're just gonna do some shaking. So shake your right leg, shake your left leg. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, shake your legs. And what we're doing is we're sort of warming up these energy centers and we're getting ourselves in our body so that we can go in our heads, tune in. What is that old thing? Okay, sorry, shake your legs, shake your hips. Make sure you, you're moving up, so shake your... Yeah, what's above your hips, your waist. And you just wanna pay attention as you move up. So then you're moving up to like your heart area. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy your shoulders. <laughs> and then you wanna, yeah. And then you wanna move your throat, and then your jaw, and then one of the uh, top centers. It's not really a shake, but just like I don't know how to explain it. Move your eyes, what I call across the screen of your consciousness, conscience. Um, that's just what I perceive. Just my forehead. I'm just like scanning my eyes across my forehead. And then the last one is just like, give your head a little shake. And then just one more whole full body shake. Shake it out. <coughs> okay. All right. So yeah, we're gonna take a few deep breaths. All right, take some deep breaths with your eyes open. Find something in the room to just stare at lightly and easy. Feel your feet on the floor. Both feet on the floor, heels back, feet down, wiggle your toes, and then settle up your legs, your butt into the chair, back. One more deep breath and let that breath fill your body. And as you exhale, close your eyes. And just feel yourself in this room. And as you feel yourself in this room, just take note of the building that you're in because then we're gonna start moving. So right now we're in this room, we're taking breaths as they feel natural to us, breathing in and out. And we're moving through this building. And from this building, we're gonna move up in the air as if you're just sort of traveling around. And this is just sort of where we're gonna diverge in our paths. So everyone listening, you should be up in the air, you should be floating. You can see yourself where you're at, wherever you are. And then I want you to travel to the house inside your head. And right now we're just looking at that house. Observe the outside of that house. What does it look like to you? And when you feel ready, go in the front door of that house. And remember to take breaths while you're doing this. And you decide whether you go to your left or to your right. 
You can go up, you can go down and explore the rooms in your house. For me, I like to explore these rooms as different parts of who I am. So all these rooms represent different parts. Sometimes I'm hungry and I need to go into the kitchen or the food area and I need to explore that area. Or I need to go into my work or education or training. Sometimes I want to check in with my friends and family, and so I have a space reserved for them. Sometimes I'm so angry or so hurt and so sad, and I just don't know what to do with those feelings. And so I send it through a chute in my house, and I tell those feelings, I tell that chute to clear that energy, and that energy can come back to me once it's cleared, once it's cleared out. <clears throat> I have a room for bathing, what type of any type of cleansing I may need, a sleep, recovery, restroom. I just want you to remember to move slowly. Remember to breathe just in and out gently. And then uh I want to tell you about my favorite room. When I, there's nothing left in this world and I don't know what to do, I turn and I walk into what I now call my room full of ancestors. And I just let those ancestors hug me, love me up. I cry into them. I bring to them what I need because sometimes I just don't have answers for my worldly problems and I know that my ancestors can guide me. I wanted to give you a few moments with the ancestors. And I want you to remember to breathe, say hello to them, and tell them that you'll be back as you prepare to make your way out of your house. So you're moving through your house, you're checking in, and then you're preparing to come back. So you wanna put your coat back on, maybe your shoes. This is also where I change up too. Sometimes I'm skating, sometimes I'm biking, or sometimes I'm walking. Sometimes I'm swimming and I return back to the place where I started. And so we're coming back out of the house and we're floating above where we started. And then we're coming back into the building where we started. And then we're coming back into the room and we're going to wiggle our toes. We're going to move our legs. We're going to take a deep breath and fill our stomachs.
And we're going to move our eyes around the screen of our conscience. And we're going to open them. And we're back. And that was it. That was really beautiful. Yeah. I was just curious what y'all thought. That's my only follow-up question. I love that a lot, actually. I think... Yeah, I envisioned my house kind of like a log house, like on my reservation. And I was just looking at all the rooms and it kind of brought me joy because I don't ever meditate and I need to be grounded more. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I tried not to give too many details. I didn't even like telling you what rooms are in my house, but because it's grown and it's changed. And even like this morning, I was like, I need to add a potlatch room. So next time I meditate, I'm going to add a, I just add rooms. I'm like, yeah, I need a potlatch room. Cause, mm. and then, and then in my head, I was like, oh, maybe I'll move my friend's family room to the potlatch room. Cause then that's just what's going on in the potlatch room is I'm hanging out with my friends and family anyway. So it changes over time mm-hmm. and it's just really fun. Like that was just five minutes, but I've gone up to 20. I had a really hard time meditating at first. I could barely do three or four minutes, but once someone started asking me about like the house in my head, I was like, oh yeah. And then I just started applying all these other techniques and things that I knew about healing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, when I added that ancestor room, like it was like cherry on top for me. And that the ancestors who've shown up to that room have just multiplied, Mm -hmm. like it's just wild. Mm -hmm. So thank you for going on that journey with me. Shilku. Oh yeah, any um, thoughts? I don't really know what to say actually. Um, just very like enlightening. It kind of helped me put some things into perspective, I guess. Um, my analogy for like the house is a little different. Mine's a library, but like it's the same concept basically. Love it, yeah. Um, but yeah, like this sort of process has been something I've been working on for a minute too. So thank you. I just want to ask what everyone's house looks like. Ellie, Ellie Durr, the Ellie wow. Durr house. Ellie. <clears throat> that was great. I've never done a meditation like that. So that was, I love using my imagination and intuition. So I felt like it may be a combination of both. But my house was like a, almost like a shape, like a pentagon or a circle or something. And it was like walk around. Then, oh. And there were like plants everywhere. And I was like, ooh, this house is cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, that's cool. Sorry. Yeah. Just, I want to do this now more. This is the first time I've actually shared it with other people. Now I want to be like, what does your house look like? like <laughs> yeah. And then I, I like the elder room because I don't know that much about the people that came before me besides my grandparents and a couple stories about my great grandparents. But it's like, who are those people? What were they doing? So it's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice to put some thought there. And like, oh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a long line of people that came before me. So, yeah. I didn't have an ancestor room <gasps> before. Ooh. So that was that was definitely new to me. Yeah. It's always just been kind of like shelves. I guess each book is a memory for me. Oh. Um, I just, I guess I never thought about having like thinking about my ancestors like that. So thank you, it's a new perspective. Thank you for listening to Young and Indigenous. 
Young and Indigenous is produced by Children of the Setting Sun Productions. We are an Indigenous-led nonprofit based in Bellingham, Washington on the ancestral homelands of Nooksack and Lummi people. This episode was produced by Ellie Smith, Bo Garrow, Bella James, Haley Garrow, Santana Rabang, Wakakia Curly Bear, and Roy Alexander. And a huge thank you to our sponsors, the Discurrin Foundation and the Whatcom Community Foundation. Heishka for listening.